The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliated American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us live for this Vispero training series. My name is Rachel, and we have a very special guest today who you may recognize his voice. I'm going to let him introduce himself, as some of you may already know him from trainings of old, although he's still under the Vispero umbrella doing something a little bit different. And I'll pass it right off to him and let him surprise you all. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Hi, everyone. This is Ryan Jones from Vespero slash Freedom Scientific slash now TPGI or the Pastiello Group Interactive. Um, as Rachel said, I used to do a lot of the webinars for Freedom Scientific for quite a few years, along with Dan Clark um, and, and quite a, a few other JAWS training related things. Um, over the past few years, I've been working in the consulting side of our business under the TPG and now TPGI umbrella doing consulting for accessibility. So I, I can't get away from training completely though. So Rachel lets me come in and do things every once in a while. And I'm thankful for that because I still like to do training. Uh, I'm still you know, interested in it and passionate about helping others learn more about how to use their assistive technology to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And so uh, Rachel asked me to join you guys today and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the speech and sounds manager in JAWS. And it's something that has been around in JAWS for quite a long time. In fact, I don't really recall when it actually got introduced, but it's been been many years that this has been a part of JAWS. And so it's, it's something that's worth bringing back up. Uh, maybe you forgot about it. Maybe you've heard about it, never used it, but it can actually be a pretty powerful tool in your arsenal of how to get things done on your computer with JAWS. And so I thought we would spend a few minutes. I'll, I'll show you some of the pre-built things that are here, and then we'll talk about how to edit some of those things and make your own custom sound schemes. And then we'll just spend some time in conversation and take questions and anything you like to talk about with this. So um, I will share my screen and I've got a sample document that we'll look at. So And I will also share my audio. Started screen share, meeting controls, meeting controls. Okay, so hopefully if you're able to see my screen, it's on, and hopefully you'll be able to hear JAWS. Of course, I did slow it down a little bit just as a habit for doing presentations. So bear with me if you like your speech fast like me. Uh, we'll suffer through it together. Schemes, practice, document, dot, dot, so I thought the best way to illustrate some of the power of the Speech and Sounds Manager is to kind of do some examples with it. So I have a Word document open right now and just some plain text in here. And I'm going to let JAWS read the first few lines of this document in the normal scheme or the normal way that it would be talking. Video provides a powerful way to help you prove your point. When you click online video, you can paste in the embed code for the video you want to add. You can also type a keyword to search online for the video that best fits your document. And this is just, I was just down airing through, this is part of the Microsoft uh, help system for Word, just some plain text here in this document. But what you would know if you could see this document is that there are some different things done with the formatting. I've bolded some words, I've underlined I've done some italics. I've even changed the font of one of the, a couple of the words. But by default, JAWS doesn't communicate that to us because its job is to read us the information. And so if we want to find out information about the font, there's some things we can do like insert F, which will tell us the font at the current location. So I'll press that. 11 points, black on white, calibri, normal style, line spacing, one line, paragraph formatting, aligned left, outline level, body text. 
So Jaws told us the font size, the style, uh, if the text were bolded or underlined or something, it would have told us that as well. So it, it will provide us that info, but we don't want to have to move to every single word or every letter and press insert F if we want to just get a general idea of some of the different font uh, attributes or things that are happening. So this is where speech and sounds manager can be a really good thing. Um, if we change to a speech and sound scheme that tells JAWS to communicate those changes, whether it's a font change or an attribute like bold or italics or underline, it can communicate that to us. And, and there's different ways that it can communicate that. So I'm going to move back to the top of this document with control home. Top of and I'm going to change now to one of the pre-built speech and sound schemes. And there's over 20, it's somewhere 23, 24, 25-ish speech and sound schemes that are already pre-built that come with JAWS and, and they do a variety of different things. So the command to let you change to a different scheme is insert alt and the letter S as in scheme or speech. So insert alt S or of course caps lock alt S if you're in laptop mode will bring up a list of the current schemes that are available to you. So I'll press it. Select a scheme dialog. List one, list view, word classic, 26 of 26. Okay, and I'm on right now one called Word Classic, which is built for Microsoft Word. It's just sort of a default scheme for Word. It said 26 of 26. I have an extra one here for sure because I built a custom one for a training I did not too long ago. You could have a different number. That's fine. So you could browse this list and find all the different schemes that are available. But I want to bring us to one in particular that was pre-designed for proofreading. So I'm going to press P. Proofreading attributes and font info, 17 of 26. And here's one called proofreading attributes and font info. So this is what I'm going to choose. So I'll press enter. Switch to scheme, proofreading attributes and font info, edit. And of course, this falls in line with a lot of other JAWS features in that it's application dependent. So you can have a different scheme active for all kinds of different programs. So I chose this one here for Word right now, but if I flip over to Chrome or Outlook or Teams or any other program, I could have a different scheme in play there. And then we have the whole idea of default scheme uh, that will be in place if there's not a custom scheme for that program. So same concept that you find with any of the different uh, JAWS functionality like that. So now that I have this scheme, let's read the same part of the text again and see what's different. Calibrate video provides a powerful way to help you prove your point. When you click online video, you can paste in the embed code for the video you want to add. You can also type a keyword to search online for the video that best fits your document. To make your document look professionally, produced Word provides header, footer, cover page, and aerial text box Calibri designs that complement each other. For example, all right, I'll stop there. So we heard some different things happen that time. We heard some different voices read certain words. And then we also heard on this last line I read here, it actually told me that there's a font difference here. So the, the font of this text is Calibri, but I changed a couple of words on this line to Arial font. So if I listen to this line again, Arial text box, Calibri designs that. We heard it say Arial text box text box is the word that i chose to make Arial, and then it said calibri when it got, got back to the next word that was back in calibri font so that case it was just telling me verbally the, the different font but on these other ones we heard some different voices reading it so i'll scroll up to make your document look professionally produced so look professionally those two words were spoken with a different voice let's go over to those words and see what the font info is make your document look all right so i'm on the word look and i'll press insert f as in font single underline 11 point i'll stop it there it said single underline so i underlined these two words and jaws was reading that in a different voice Similar idea above for the video that best fits your document. The word video we heard is in a different voice. Home. So let's see what the font info on the word video is. The video. Italicized 11 point. So the word video is italicized. So we heard that different voice reading it because that's set for italics. 
Pasted the embed code for the video you... And then on that line, we heard the word embed code, or the, the words embed code, spoken in a deeper voice. I think that's the Rocco alias. And those words were bolded. So I had bolded those words, and Jaws switched to that voice to communicate. So if I learned what these different voices communicated in this scheme, in other words, I think it was Shelley that was doing underline, uh, Rocco was doing bold voices. If you learn what those are set up to be, then as you're reading a document, you'll hear it switch back and forth based on the font attributes in that document. And you don't have to have it telling you all of that verbatim. You can just listen to the document like you might normally do, uh, but you'll hear it in those different voices uh, to communicate that information. So let's switch to a slightly different one here. I'm going to press insert alt S again. Select the scheme. And this time I'm going to choose one that starts with the word classic. Classic attributes and font info. And here's one called classic attributes and font info. So it's going to be similar to the one I was just on, but we'll see what the difference is. Switch the scheme, classic attributes and font info, edit. Now I'll read this line, insert up arrow. Calibri 11 points, normal, paste into bold, embed code, normal, for the video you want to add. You can also type a keyword to search online. And I'll down arrow. For the italic video normal that best fits your document. To make your document underline look professionally normal, produced word provides header, footer, cover page, and... So this time we're getting the similar, the same information communicated, but JAWS is saying words to communicate it rather than switching voice. So it said bold, and then it said the words that were bolded, and then it said regular, or it said underline to communicate the words that were underlined and it said regular. So it's it's just a different way to get the information. For me, I kind of like having the different voices because it makes my brain realize that those words are done that way. When I hear all these extra words, sometimes it's confusing to me to know, are those words in the document or is that JAWS telling me that this particular thing is bolded or regular or normal? But it's, it's personal preference as to which way you like the information presented, whether it's all spelled out word by word or whether it's switching to different voice aliases that communicate the info. So I'm going to switch back to Word Classic. So insert Alt S. Select the scheme dialog. And I'll press W. Web rent a crowd. When and then down arrow. Word Classic 26 of 26. Switch to scheme word classic edit. And now I'm going to be back to the normal way of reading things, which is just hearing the words, not going to hear that font information unless I choose to hear it by pressing insert F. But I'm going to switch over to Chrome now and let's look at something on the web. Meeting control at radio Google search Google Chrome at radio. All right, so I have Windows up there. I have Chrome open. I did a search on the phrase ACB radio. So I have some Google results open here. And there's a scheme that's already pre-built for web browsing that's called Web Rent a Crowd. This is an interesting one. It's been around for, for quite, quite a few years. Um, and it will communicate things on the web in a different way that, that could be more efficient for you. So normally we always hear JAWS saying words like link or heading or graphic. Those are different keywords or cues that tell us what type of thing that we're browsing through. If it's a link, you know, it'll tell us link so we know we can press enter on it, or if it's a heading or a graphic or whatever it is. We're used to hearing JAWS say those words verbally. But this particular scheme that was developed will do sort of like what that proofreading one did and change different voices to communicate the same information. So I'm going to press insert alt S. Select the scheme dialog. List one, list view, classic, nine of 26. And I'm going to choose web rent a crowd, so I'll press W. Web rent a crowd. Enter. Switch the scheme web rent a crowd. And I'm going to go to the top of the page, and let's just start browsing down and see what happens. At radio-google search. Accessibility links. Skip to main content. Accessibility help. Accessibility feedback. Okay, so right off the bat, I'm hearing the Shelly voice. Um, I believe it's Shelly. I get them confused sometimes. But we hear that the female voice reading these words. These are actually links on the page. So normally we would hear JAWS say link accessibility feedback. Accessibility feedback. But this time we're just hearing those words spoken in this different voice. 
that's the voice defined to speak links. So I'm not hearing Joss say the word link. I'm hearing it in the different voice, which tells me that it is, in fact, the link. Google Apps button collapsed. So there, that's just a, a button. There's not a different voice set up for a button on the on this scheme. So I'm hearing it in the regular traditional voice. Google account colon right. Graphic Google. So here's a graphic, an image. Search. At radio edit combo. Clear button. Clear. Search by voice button. Google search button. Search modes. And then we get to some slightly different voices. So these are some of the Rocco voices, I believe, that are going to speak headings. So normally we would hear things like heading level one, heading level two, heading level three, and so on. In this web rent a crowd scheme, we'll hear heading in one of these deeper voices. In fact, I'll press H, which we know is the command to jump straight to the next heading. Search results. I heard search results spoken in the Rocco voice, which tells me that that is a heading. Web results. I pressed H again. ACB radio vertical bar where you're listening is our business. And in this case, I hit H. It's a heading and a link. So the link voice actually took the precedent and spoke the, the text there. Listen to ACB radio vertical bar ACB radio. Same thing with these other headings as I press H. It's jumping to headings, but they're also links. So I'm hearing the links voice. But I'm not hearing all these extra words like link or heading level two and so on. Um, so it's it's actually can be a really efficient way. If efficiency is a really big thing for you and really key in what you do, this can be helpful because it's less words that you hear. You have to train your brain, obviously, to connect with what the different voices mean. But over the long run, it's less words and thus it can speed up the way that you interact with a web page, for example. And if you just like different voices and like to hear some variety, it's just kind of fun too, right? So it'll just give you a different way to experience a web page versus the same old thing of hearing the same voice, read everything and, and use all those extra words. So those are just two of the pre-built schemes that I wanted to point out, but I want to take you through how to either change schemes or build your own scheme or see what those schemes are defined to do. So I'm going to go to the speech and sounds manager and you can get there by going to the JAWS settings center. So first things first, I'll press insert F2. Run JAWS manager dialog. So I brought up the run JAWS manager list. I'll press S until I get to settings center. Script manager, settings center, 17 of 19, enter. Chrome-JAWS settings center dialog, search box edit. Okay, so I'm in settings center. I'm going to press control shift D as in David to go to the default. Setting center. Jaws setting center dash default left pair and all applic. And then you could of course scroll through the list here till you find speech and sounds manager, but in the, the search box, which I'm on right now, I'm just going to type in the words uh, scheme or I'll just type in speech. Avoid speech. Sorry, actually I'll let me type in the word scheme. That's actually a faster way. You could find it this way too, but A C E E P I'm gonna type in scheme S C H E M E. Speech and sound schemes, one of six search results. And I'll down arrow. Six search results list box, speech and sound schemes. Active speech and sound scheme, classic speech and sound schemes. Scheme description, JAWS will be. And there's some different things here. Modify schemes, dot, dot, dot. But I want to go to this item that says modify schemes. Enter, search edit box cleared, review, modify schemes, dot, 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 three of three. Modify schemes, dot, 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 three of three. Speech and sound schemes. Okay, so Enter at radio dash Google. Oops, I listened to the wrong thing. Hang on. Run job. Setting center. Enter. Chrome. I have to go back to setting center. Jaws settings. Search box edit. Typing in the word scheme Speech again. Scheme. Scheme. Modify schemes. Dot, dot, dot. I'm going down to modify schemes. Space. Classic dash modify schemes dialog. Select scheme colon combo box. And I hit space bar to activate it. So now I'm in the speech and sound schemes dialog. And this is where we have that whole list, all the same ones that we saw earlier when we were able to choose a particular scheme. Classic two of 25. Uh, so this is where you would choose if you want to uh, find one of these that are pre-built and edit it or see what they do, you can do that. So I'm going to actually, let's choose the web rent a crowd since we were just looking at that one. So I'm going to press W. Web rent a crowd. 
And I'm going to tab over now. W Web Ready Crowd Dash Modify Schemes Dialog. Scheme Description Colon Read Only Edit. So there's the description box, which has a little text blurb about this scheme. Edit Selected Scheme Button. I hit tab again, and I'm on the Edit Selected Scheme Button. So I'm going to activate this so I can edit this scheme or at least see what the scheme is set to do. Space modify schemes dash web ready crowd dialogue. Web ready crowd dash edit scheme dialogue. General page. General page. So this is a dialogue box. It's a multi-page dialogue box. So you've got several tabs that go across the top. Uh, you can use control tab or control page down to switch between them. And of course, the tab key will move you through the different controls on the particular tab that you're on. Different voices. So the, the general tab, which is what I'm on right now, just has the, the text box that has that description. But I'm going to press control tab. Control type page. List one, list view. Three state buttons. Speak. Control type using normal voice. One of 84. And I'm on the control type page. So this is a page where we're going to have all the different types of controls that JAWS may recognize and what thing happens with JAWS when it gets to one of those controls. So if we start scrolling through this list, body speak, button speak, control type using normal voice. There's one for button. So it said button and then it says speak control type using normal voice. So right now in this scheme, anytime JAWS sees a button, it's just going to say the word button in the normal voice, which is default behavior. But we could change that. We could have it use a different voice every time it got to a button and, and not say the word button. We could have it speak it in a different pitch. We could have it say a different word. We could have it play a sound uh, instead of saying the word button. So there's all kinds of things we can do from this dialogue. And if you tab over... Speak control type radio button checked. One of four. There's different choices. Speak control type. Change voice radio button checked. Two of play sound radio button checked. Three of four. Ignore radio button checked. Four of four. Speak control type radio button checked. One of four. So there were several different choices there. And depending on what I choose in the set of radio buttons, there may be other options there that open up, like to let me choose what voice or what sound gets played. So this is one of those types of screens that it's best to just come in here and sort of play around, tab around, look through it and, and see what all the different options are. We could we could spend an hour just talking about this particular dialogue, probably. But that this particular control type list, list one, list view, button speak control. It's a huge list. There were over 80 options because there's a lot, a lot of different types of controls, checkboxes, radio buttons, buttons, edit boxes, multi-line edit boxes, tons of things here. And you can really control how JAWS will communicate those types of controls to you. I'm going to press control tab to move to the next tab in the dialogue. Control state page, list one, list view, less required, greater speak, control state using normal voice, one of 29. So this is the control state. So this is things like whether something is checked or whether it's pressed. App CTL ignore, two of 20, check speak, control state using normal voice. There's checked. So that's when JAWS says, you know, checkbox checked or checkbox not checked. Here's where we could control that. We could have it say a different phrase to tell me that something is checked or unchecked, or like I said earlier, play a sound to one sound to communicate that it's checked and a different sound to communicate that it's unchecked. Um, so all these different control states, you can customize how JAWS will communicate that. I'll press control tab again. Attributes page, list one, list view, speak attribute using message voice, one of 14. These are attributes here. So these will be where we can define things like when it's bolded or underlined text or italicized text or whatever that is and how JAWS will react to that. Font name page, list one, list view, default ignore, one of one. So font name. Now, by default, JAWS is said here to ignore the font. So it's not going to speak the font in a different type of voice. But I could go in and add a rule here. So every time it got to Arial font or Calibri font, it would do something to communicate that to me. So there's uh, this is really good, especially if you're editing documents and you have to be very certain of what types of font and what types of attributes are used. This can really help you with that. Font size page, list one, list view. Same for font size. We could have rules set up here to communicate font size in different ways. Color page, list one, list view, default ignore, one of one. Same for color. So anytime we get to red text, if we want, we could have JAWS do something different or blue text or green text or whatever the case may be. Indentation page, list one, list indentation. Misc page, list one, list view, all caps speak text using all caps voice, one of nine. And then miscellaneous. So there's a few items here that are under the miscellaneous category. 
general page scheme. And then we're back around to general. So this is the, the dialogue where you can go in and customize any of these. And if you want to build your own scheme, what you would normally do is pick something like the classic scheme, for example, edit it, and then make some changes. And then you might save it with a new name. So you might could build one that uses checkboxes. And instead of saying the word checkbox, it plays a sound and then tells you whether it's checked or unchecked by some sort of other means rather than those words. Um, and then you'd want to save as, so you can save it with a different name and then turn that scheme on or off whenever you would prefer to do that. So I'm going to cancel out of this uh, by pressing escape. 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 And then I'm going to Alt F4. Alt F4. Default left pair in all applications, right pair in dash jaw setting center. I'm back on setting center. I'll close out of that. Alt F4. Six search results list box. Modify schemes. Alt F4. At radio dash Google. And now I'm back on Chrome. So that's really, again, we could spend a lot more time, but that's the high level. I think if, if nothing else, just using some of the pre-built schemes could be useful for folks, especially if you really need to dive in and gather up uh, some of that font information in a document or a web page or an email or whatever it may be. And then also, of course, in the web, if you'd like to try using the web with sort of a different feel or different experience with JAWS, you could do that. Um, you can use, I'm using Eloquence, but if you use the vocalizer uh, synthesizer, you could have things done there. You just have to download several voices so that it could switch to some of those voices for different attributes and things. So, we can stop there and we'll just kind of open it up for questions, comments, discussion, that sort of thing. Thank you so much, Ryan. And also we have Liz here with us. Sorry, Liz. I forgot. I was so excited about introducing our guest. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, we're happy to take your questions about speech and sound schemes. And we're all here to try and answer those. And we also have an awesome moderator who's going to unmute folks for us, I think. Diane? Um. Yes. Okay. Um. Do we need so to go over commands or anything? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. For webinar, they're a little different. If you want to raise your hand, it's still Alt-Y on the PC, um, Option-Y on the Mac, Star 9 on the Touchtone phone, and on the iPhone, it's a little different. There's going to be a raised hand button right there on the screen that you'll double tap in order to unmute. I should say you have to, you'll receive a request to unmute and you'll have a couple buttons. One of them says stay muted and one says unmute. Obviously, if you have a question, you want to hit the unmute button on your PC. Um, what is it on a Mac, Lucy? I, I don't know if I ever learned that one. Command shift A, same thing. It's still command shift A. Okay, and then it's uh, star six on your touchtone phone. Eve, Eve Sanchez. Um, let's say you've got two Word documents open and one is custom um, scheme and one is classic scheme. Would you be able to do that and they just tab back and forth to, you know, as you're you're changing back and forth? Yeah, I think I understand your question. I don't think so. And Rachel or Liz, correct me if I'm wrong, but these settings, this, the schemes are tied to the application that you're using. Okay. So in this case, Word. So it's going to be whatever, any any Word document, since it's running in Word, it's going to be the same scheme. Now, if you opened a PDF, for example, and had a Word document, you could have different ones set since it's a different application. Um, Shelly. Hi there. Um, are we able to use the schemes to say, uh, do highlighting on words? I work with coworkers that love to use yellow highlighting for things that need to be changed. And uh, obviously regular JAWS scheme doesn't indicate that. It's very aggravating. Yeah, that's a, actually, I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't know if, Rachel, yes, actually, I believe that Matt Ader recently wrote out the steps for this, like how you can set your speech and sound scheme specifically for that. So if you'd like us to email you those step-by-step -step instructions, you can send us an email to training at vispero.com. There may even be, if you have ever visited our training YouTube channel at Freedom Scientific Training, we have short tips on there and we have a video that goes into that one. It's only two minutes long. 
and it describes the steps as well. But we'd be happy to email you the instructions because I know that's a problem that many, many people face with um, editing documents inside of coworkers. And, and one thing to tie on to that, a similar question that I get sometimes is what about track changes? And should you set up a scheme for that because it's in red or other colors? And and maybe you might be able to, but the, the best way to deal with track changes is all the actual features that JAWS has to work with track changes to list all the different changes and, and the revisions and things. So rather than try to build a scheme to recognize all those different color combinations, use the JAWS commands for track changes to if you're using track changes in Word. I was just going to ask Ryan and Liz if they could maybe talk about some more specific examples. Um, Maybe what exists within the pre-made existing speech and sound schemes or different environments where you've seen them used effectively. I know you gave some examples while you were teaching, but sometimes I think it just makes more sense when we can... One other one that I have used sometimes is you could set JAWS to read text that's in quotation marks in a different voice. So I know um, if you're reading a long passage, a, a book or some sort of document where there's a lot of quotes in that, sometimes it can get tedious to hear a uh, quote and you know, the, hear JAWS say those words all the time. And, and it can be a little more interactive if you hear the text that's inside the quotation marks with a different voice. So that could be one other another example of where this can sort of bring bring the screen reading experience alive by by having some of these different voices communicate that, and it sort of can give you, especially if you're reading a book or something like that, just a little bit more interactiveness and a little bit more lifelike experience. But Liz, what are some others maybe that you've seen or thought of? Yeah, I know we've talked about you know some of these today as well, but you know, like you were saying earlier, Ryan Colors. And um, indented text, you know, especially if you're reading a long document, you have a lot of things that you want to check in that document. You can set those schemes up to check those specific items. Yeah, I know like uh, using APA or MLA or some of right. those different things in education world can be helpful because you could predefine some of those rules. You know, if it's a certain font to, to speak it in this voice or a certain size to meet some of those rule requirements that can be really good. Obviously, the text analyzer is another helpful thing uh, with some of that. But but those are a couple of other examples. I know there's some pre-built schemes there for Visual Studio. So anyone who is a programmer, software developer who might be using Visual Studio, uh, there's a couple of pre-built schemes there for that as well. And this is one of those things that I, I feel as though isn't talked about very much, but it's also... Um, I've just found with all of my technology that if I can spend the time to dig in and customize it the way that it was intended to be, I get so much more value out of it. I was thinking of um, setting up a speech and sound schemes for a learning management system like Blackboard if you were going to be using it consistently for, obviously, I guess it would be in your web browser. But yeah, then you, you could flip in and out of that every mm-hmm. time you went to Blackboard. right. And I know that's an environment where you're going to encounter a lot of unique elements. And so I can, at least I think it sounds neat to take the time to customize it so that when you interact with all those different elements, you're getting a variety of auditory feedback and it'll help you be more efficient in the long run. Yeah, if you think about a phrase like checkbox checked, that's a couple of words in theory, two words or three words that are being spoken and, and a few times that who cares? It's not much mm-hmm. time you're going to say, but if you think about, if you hear that a hundred times a day, five days a week, five years of your life, how many thousands of words, you know, how much that is, does that equate to time that's right. saved by doing something like that? You could just change it to like a boop, boop yeah. or something mm-hmm. equivalent. Uh, Scott, okay. you may have mute. Yes. Uh, these, uh, now, these pre-existing schemes, first of all, I think uh, you can either, you can use them and then you can, like, you can load them as a base, sort of a base scheme and then change any setting, customize them any way you want, and then either resave them under their own names or create, create uh, your, create, use it, use it as a base scheme to create your own scheme off of and create it under a your name of your choice and uh, 
Yep. And then you can also start from start completely from scratch. I mean, yeah, you sort so, of have to start with a base, and, and if you yeah, that's start probably the best from way. Scratch. Yeah. If you want to start from scratch? I would choose classic because that's just the real vanilla Jaws. Just says what yeah. it says. But if you if you kind of liked one of the other ones but wanted to change it or tweak it a little bit, start with that one as a base and then modify it and save yeah, it. Probably probably a good way to to learn how it's done. Learn how it's done. Exactly. To use what the pre existing uh, base schemes. Linda, and I wanted to say, where was this ten years ago when I or fifteen years ago when I was editing newsletters? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crazily enough, it was here. You probably just unfortunately didn't know about it. <laughs> I guess. So, is there a ba- is there a scheme that actually tells you capitalization and and then you know? actually shows like I needed to know if something was capped. I needed to know where the attributes, the punctuation attributes were all that kind of stuff. It needed to say all of that stuff. And I know I could do a lot of that back then, but I'm just wondering if there's a scheme that already has all that in play. I don't know that there's a pre-built one, but I think you could sort of take one of them and customize it to do most of that. I know there's things that can be done related to, capitalizations um, in JAWS about how it would speak capitalizations. Of course, indentation you could do. As far as punctuation, I think the best tool for that probably is the text analyzer uh, because that's sort of designed to look for you know, sp- misspacings and, and a, a punctuation mark with a space before it and things like that that are common uh, typos or things that get added. But Rachel, Liz, do you have any other thoughts on that? I know um, some of the, you know, the pre-set ones will actually tell you, like, indentions, uh, tab space, you know, two spaces, four spaces, things like that. But, yeah, I'm sure you could you could do, uh, you know, for, for indenting and things like that. That wouldn't be a problem either. Like, you know, I used to get around some of this by putting, setting the attributes, setting in JAWS that you can to speak right. all, that kind of yep. stuff. That helped a lot, yeah. but. I just was wondering if I had a pre-built screen. So yeah. thank you very much. I am so appreciate these calls and all that you guys do. Thank you. And also we were talking about highlighted text earlier. Yes. So if you go to, if you press that insert alt S and you go to, um, it's the second one down, it's attributes and colors. If you press enter on that and you have something that's highlighted, it will say highlighted yellow. It'll tell you whatever color that's highlighted. Oh, cool. Perfect. Thanks for bringing that back up, Liz. Sure. I had forgotten that myself, so that's a good good reminder for all of us for highlighting. And just a quick notice that today on our YouTube channel, we did release a long video done by Ryan Jones himself um, earlier last month that is pretty much a master class in how to do this. So if you're interested in listening to that on YouTube, it'll also be added to our podcast feed very soon. So be able to listen to it on the podcast. And I also believe you'll be able to listen to this session back. Larry, if you don't mind providing us with that information. Rachel, for anybody who would like to find the podcast, they can go to acbradio-community.pinecast.co. It'll be okay. up probably later tonight because I have to go do right. something constructive like grocery shopping when I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't constructive? Well, <laughs> it's, it's, be- it's better than destructive at the prices. Uh, that's true. Charge, yeah. <laughs> Regular old adulting. Um, so if you're sitting here and you're wishing you had a reference, I would definitely go to YouTube. And all of those videos are great to listen to. You do not need to be able to see them at youtube.com slash freedom scientific training or just search up freedom scientific training it'll be the most recent video on that channel and i have one more announcement that we i can't forget to make before we sign off but i think we have another hand raised so let's let's talk to the people first um i don't see one i'm not seeing one either um i thought i did okay well in that case i'll go ahead and say that we are going to do be doing a really special project with this feature. We really want to promote it 
teach people about it because it's one of those things that if you don't know about it, it's pretty useless. <laughs> and so promoting it and educating it is going to be primary for the month of April. And we have a really neat contest that's going to be launching next Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to our blog at blog.freedomscientific.com. And we're going to be posting about all of those details. And you'll have a chance to possibly change the future of JAWS with your ideas. So make sure you check that out. And it'll be all about speech and sound scheme. So if this is something you're interested in and you'd like to spend some more time on it, definitely try to tune in for the next four weeks or so. We're going to be talking all about speech and sound schemes. And Liz, do you know any info about your webinar with the American Printing House? Uh, the upcoming webinar? which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On speech and sound? On sp- uh, well, we're actually going to have a, a webinar on April the 20th where we're going to be talking about two things. We're going to be talking about text analyzer and speech and sound schemes. And, you know, you guys are asking a lot of great questions about proofing documents and about finding information quickly in documents. And these two features are very, very powerful for doing just that. Um, you know, as you read through a document sometimes, if you're just listening with JAWS, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to miss things or it's easy to read to go right past something and you think, okay, where was that? Or, you know, I, I need to find this piece of information quickly or I need to know where these changes are. And so these, these features will definitely help with that. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned to our blog, like Rachel said, blog.freedomscientific.com. And when the link, uh, sign-up link is available, I will be posting that. And then, you guys, if you want to sign up for that, you can. It'll be on April 20th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Diane. Yeah, we do have another raised hand. Um, Linda? I have a question that's kind of not related to this, and you may not be able to answer it. But when I am in a an Outlook message for example um okay here's the question if i am in my inbox let's say and i know that i got a message from 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 lucy and i know what how that message begins is there a way of find command that i can do with jaws to go directly to to look for her messages yes you sure and because control f does forward so tell me what to do um, there's, there's one that is control shift F that oh. is a more advanced find where you can control shift F allows you to type in. So if, like if you, you said, you know how it begins, if you know of a few words, you can type them there, you can tab and it will say, uh, subject field, or you can also down arrow say subject and message. So if that is in the subject and or the message, you can choose that. And then you can tab to choose who it's from. And you can just type in her email address or her name or part of, you know, part of that. And then you can just press enter. And when you do that, then you can press F6 and it will take you to a list of messages uh, that are your search results. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. I do it slightly differently. I don't want to throw any gasoline on that fire, you know, when people start telling you multiple ways to do things. No, but there is is another way to do it. There is another way, which is I use control E, and that's not the advanced find. So you don't have all those options. You just do control E, and you start typing what you're searching for. And then you hit F6 to review the results. Yeah, those are both great. Control E, I use that one too. Control shift F is kind of a way to fine tune it. If you know you have a lot of messages with, for example, with, you know, specific phrase or something and you want to kind of fine tune that, narrow mm-hmm. it down more. But control Another E is easy to remember. thing Sorry. that I do that's pretty easy because I do this a lot is lose emails. <laughs> it seems like a part-time job. Um, I'll go, if I have a recent message, say I'm looking for something from Elizabeth, I'll use applications key and use find related. And then you can do message in, the, in this conversation or messages from sender. And then what Outlook does is it pulls all the messages either from the same sender or in that same thread, depending on what you choose. And then you're able to down arrow through those. And then I could very see quickly see in the order of date, you know, the last 50 emails that Elizabeth sent me. 
That's a great feature. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's also important to, to remind, remember too on those when, that it is relevant based on what mailbox or, or place that you are in. So if you're in the your inbox versus sent versus deleted, you want to be in those places when you press control E and it'll search based on where you're at. So if you're looking for something that was deleted, you want to move to your deleted items first and then yeah. do that search. Yeah. Thank you for saying that's a great point. Yeah. But I think it will find the others. It gradually, over time, if he doesn't find what you're looking for, it'll go to the other boxes. I think you it can, depends on you your can setting. set it to, but yeah. it doesn't okay. by default, ah. potentially. Yeah, there's probably some settings there that can make right. it okay. search down a, a certain path. Uh, Chanel? Yeah, so I use that all the time. I think it's called Browse. Um, and it says search in, and then if you tab again, there's a browse button. And unfortunately, you can't use it to search all across your account if you forget which uh, account the message might have come from. But you can search in one account at a time. And I think I I love the idea of schemes. I get I think it's I think it's possible to get ear fatigue. You know, when listening to Jaws say so many things and it, whatever. So I think the schemes are great to to try to maybe speed that up or make mm-hmm. things a little bit easier to listen to. And I'm definitely going to try them. Um, I knew about them before, just never really used them. I use the text analyzer and the reporting, all the different types of formatting all the time, but the indentation, the uh, spacing, whatever, if I need to. But I am looking forward to trying the schemes. And thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank I'm you. glad thank you. I found yeah. it useful. And full disclosure, I do prefer if I've really lost an email, I go to my iPhone. If I've really lost it, <laughs> like, and I true and well, I'm about to give up. See, I do the opposite. I seem to find it better on the, the desktop well, than I do on oh, my phone. Really? Because, you know, I mean, with iOS, you, yeah, I have three different emails in there and you can search them all in one go. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, that is helpful. So. Maybe you could do that in Outlook. I'm sure you can do that in Outlook as well. I just don't have it set up that way. Uh, Actually, the online Outlook search feature works really well. Oh, does it? It does. I used it earlier, and I was very pleased. All right. Well, we have about nine minutes. If you guys want to talk about anything related to the Sparrow or our products and services or schemes, we are opening the floor and Liz and Ryan, do you guys have anything else? I was just going to say we have an upcoming webinar in April on uh, reading PDFs, reading and navigating PDFs. Yep. With JAWS. With JAWS, yes. Mm -hmm. That'll be on the 15th. That'll be good. So many people are either afraid of PDFs or just think that they don't work. Right. And there's so many great ways to get access to a PDF, even if it's really not accessible. There's the OCR feature. So that'll be a really good one uh, for people to tune into. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Go to our freedomscientific.com slash training slash free webinars. And And there will be a registration link up. ASAP. We'll yeah. be talking about that again next week because we definitely need to get that registration link live. I think it's in the process. It is, yeah. It's in the next. Okay, Chanel's hand is raised. Hello. There we go. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so I'll, this will be quick. So I was wondering, do you have your clubhouse schedule posted anywhere that for the JAWS software F slash T blind? I know you, know you can get notifications. I have notifications turned off but it might be useful to know um because i know you do some events on clubhouse so i was just curious if you had that schedule published so that's a great suggestion we don't currently i can tell you our next event is on april 1st okay so um i may have to double check that time i want to i'm not sure about the. i'm not i'm absolutely sure about the time sorry but we will look into posting those events i think that um Everybody would be really open to that, especially since we're going to be talking and doing more and more on Clubhouse, it looks like. Definitely. Like, I love the educational things, but I don't always want to get all sorts of other notifications. So, kind of have them off for now, but that would be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, same. Yeah. Thank you. Good suggestion. Uh, We have Eve. Hi. So, these uh, webinars and things that are coming up, such as the PDF, are you going to do those here through ACB? 
So those are actually part of our regular monthly Freedom Scientific webinars. We are going to be here every single week as a part of the ACB community events. We love being able to be a part of it. And we're going to continue to do that for the foreseeable futures. And I don't mind adding this to our schedule as far as if you'd like to see a session in the future on PDFs. But the webinar we were discussing on April 15th is just our Freedom Scientific monthly software webinar. And we do those every single month on the third Thursday of the month at noon Eastern. And they're always hosted on Zoom. And we'll find access to that on the blog.freedomscientific.com. Right. If you subscribe to that blog, we will always post the day before or a couple days before with info about the webinar, a registration link and all that. We also one last quick. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just I was just gonna say we also have a mailing list you can subscribe to from our webinars page that where you can receive information about upcoming events and links to a previous training. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're cool. You're cool. Um, One last question. You guys are talking about Clubhouse. And um, can you just shed some light on that? Because I was told that it's something that's only accessible to iOS users, which I am, but it cuts out a lot of other people. And is that even true? That's true. And for now, and Uh I think that I don't know what their company has planned, but that's their company's model right now. So I'll just really quickly explain because I do think it's an excellent hub for people who are blind and low vision. And I've seen many, many, many familiar names that I've seen at conferences over the years there. And it's pretty nice. It's a nice experience. And if anyone needs an invitation, send me an email to my first initial last name at Vespero. So you can only be invited via a text message. And I believe I met someone at an ACB community event a few weeks ago and I invited her. And you create a profile based on your real name. There's no aliases that are able to be able to use or anything like that. And it's a very accessible app. Essentially, people have clubs and within those clubs. So, for example, there's an ACB club. and Cindy is Cindy Hollis will often open up rooms called ACB community events daily schedule. So you you open up a, a room within a club and as a user you're able to jump in. If you follow that club, like if you're a follower of the ACB club, you'll be notified, oh, Cindy just opened a new room in the ACB club for the day's community events. And and you can go listen in. You can raise your hand to speak. They call that being on stage once you've been promoted and you're able to speak, similar to what we've experienced with Zoom. I only have two more minutes. And um, there's rooms on all different topics and clubs on all different topics. I just give ACB as an example. It's all audio, no video. So there's a lot of um, access for people who are blind and low vision. Okay, cool. That's it in a nutshell, I guess. We got no more hate raised hands. All right. Well, we only have another minute. I really appreciate you guys having us, and I really appreciate you joining us, Ryan. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Thanks, Liz, for letting me come. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Enjoy the month of speech and sound schemes. It'll be yeah coming up in April. It'll be exciting. And the contest is super exciting. I'm sad I can't enter. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having us. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, Larry. Diane. Great job, Diane. Great job, Diane. Thanks, Diane.